So uh, it's been really interesting just watching everything unfold and walk out all of what, you know, it's just such a new territory for every single one of us. And I want to just uh, really give a shout out to our church family for not just getting by, but for really making an impact. We have done so many different things. Um, our drive-through food distribution, you know, was kind of the launch of this. We just first responded over that spring break week to try and do something in the community. We were astonished at a line that went all the way down to Sunny Lane, uh, whatever that is, a quarter of a mile or half a mile uh, down there and, and all streaming in the parking lot that day. We've continued then to provide uh, groceries for families that are just in need. So uh, you can text DESTINY to 474747 and we can make a connection with you if there is a need um, and we're continuing to do anything we can. In those regards, we're also working just to provide just encouragement in the community. I've had some personal Zoom calls, face calls, phone calls. I know uh, many of our staff have just people struggling and dealing with just the difficulty of what isolation can many times produce. Um, in one of our staff meetings, it was interesting. We had an interaction and we just talked a little bit about uh, the danger of, and, and the reality of, of just trying to come back together and the risk that it would be involved in that, what that really looks like. And then we also talked about the danger or the risk of leaving people self-isolating uh, for longer periods of time. How many know there are risks on both sides? It's just not good for a man to be alone. And so in the midst of this, we're just asking God for continued wisdom as we walk that out. So thank you to everybody who's here uh, cooperating with uh, our efforts in that regard. And, um, and we'll look forward to having everybody back in the building as we walk this out, phase one, two, and three, accordingly. So we'll be communicating that more and more as we uh, move ahead, move forward. But one thing that we did this last week, you may or may not be aware, we hosted the National Day of Prayer right here in our, um, in our building. And so that was great. We were able to broadcast that. The governor and a variety of other leaders from our community came and uh, Tracy and I were both honored to speak uh, that, that day for the National Day of Prayer and appreciate Mike Justice, his leadership in that regard. But I, just, I encourage you in, the, in this journey, uh, it's been interesting to watch some people who've kind of walked through some difficulty maybe in terms of job and, and finance and so on. Again, we've been able to partner and help and we want to continue to do that. But then there are others that uh, thank God for his grace and your situation has not been that way. And what we've seen in terms of a budget structure to be able to continue to do the things that we've been doing is some people who've not been able to give um, because of job loss or whatever may be have been made up by others that uh, have been able to give and they've actually given more. And so I just want to say thank you because we have not missed a beat in terms of making budget for uh, what God's doing in our church family and our community and helping others to the tune of many thousands of dollars. So yeah, praise God for that. That's off to you, Destiny family. So thankful uh, just for that partnership together as we just continue to walk out everything that God desires for us to walk out. Uh, you might notice we've done a revision or an update on our, our uh, phone app for the Destiny app uh, for your devices. So um, if you'll go there, you can get your live notes today, and we've made it very easy so it's a featured product on the first page when you uh, open your app. I would encourage you. We're not going to be doing handouts, obviously, and those of you that are online with us, you can just pull those notes right up, live notes, off of the front page of the app. So... Um, it is the time we've entered into of the Roaring Twenties. 
You know, that was really the message that I just felt we were to bring in the National Day of Prayer. And Tracy and I talked a little bit because you have a variety of people tuning in on that type of a, an expression that, you know, aren't necessarily all connected to the idea of prophecy and what that might look like. Um, but, you know, you just carry what you carry. How many of you know we just carry what we carry? Uh, there's some things that God is going to do that's going to make us all a little bit uncomfortable in this next season of the church. Can I get an amen? Are you okay with that? Uh, there are some things, I don't know if you realize, but, but when God starts to move powerfully among his people, then there are some strange things that sometimes start to happen. And I've learned this, the Holy Spirit's not weird. How many of you know? The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are. And so uh, sometimes people get weird. Uh, but what we want to do is just focus in and really explore what God's desiring to reveal in this next season of the church and be the people that he's called us to be, he's designed us to be. Some of you are going to start hearing the voice of God with greater clarity than you ever thought was possible. Are you ready for that? Some of you are going to have dreams and visions in the night. I've been meeting with just different groups of leaders, talking through what we're sensing in this next season of the church. And I mean, some of these guys have had some phenomenal visions that are just so life-giving. I'm listening to this just thinking. Uh, we've been talking about the prophecies that spoke of a pandemic that would hit the nation through New York. Um, and that prophecy given in the 80s said that 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 would lead to the next great awakening. How many of you want the next great awakening of God in the earth? Man, I'm desirous of that. I want that. I'm hungry for that. I know that comes with a cost. I know that comes with a price. I know that God's dealing with me on some deeper, um, in some deeper areas than what uh, he's ever dealt with me before right now. And it's almost like, well, I, I, I was, uh, I actually, I'll just tell you what happened. I, I went to, um, Cinco de Mayo came, you know, and we were just like, we've got to have some restaurant Mexican food for Cinco de Mayo. I mean, that is God's will concerning us all in Christ Jesus on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, I believe definitely we will have uh, Mexican food at the marriage supper of the Lamb one day. Jesus is our Savior. And so uh, I decided we were going to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, and, and, uh, and so we called our favorite Mexican restaurant, and uh, I, I went up there, and social distancing in the restaurant, and six feet apart, and, um, and so I walked up, and I realized I couldn't even get in the door, because, you know, I was waiting to pick up my order, <clears throat> and so um, I don't know, I'd been there probably 10 minutes, and the line was moving very slowly, but I was very patient, Cinco de Mayo, you know, jalapenos were in, in the works, and, and finally I opened the door and got in, and now I'm the guy standing right inside the door, and, um, and this young man comes, and he opens the door behind me and sees the line and just bolts right past all of us up to the front. And, um, and I was not a very good Christian in my mind in that moment. Uh, I watched him cut in front of everybody after I had so respectfully observed the progression and order. And, and, uh, and so then, you know, I was just like, fine, if, if that's the way we're going to play this game, I just walked up to the front and I said, um, I had a to-go order as well because I heard him saying a to-go order. I had a to-go order as well, but I was waiting back there in that line. And, um, and she said, oh, sir, what's your name? And so I told her the made-up name. I never use my real name because people can't seem to get it right. So, um, but I, I told her my name that I made up, and, and, and then I just went back and stood in line. And as I'm standing back there, uh, every jalapenos and you get a burning sensation. I didn't even have to have the jalapenos. I had the burning sensation. You know, I was just mad. I was just thinking this. And, and I just felt like the Lord was just saying, what's your problem? You know, 
honestly. Maybe in situations like that, it tells us more about us than it does about the person that got in front of us. And this felt like the Holy Spirit's just been dealing with me on that level. He's just trying to take us into deeper places where he's wanting to address the mechanisms that exist deep within our lives to really help us to become everything he's called us to be. And so I just believe in this next season, the Lord is going to do a, a very unique, deep, special work in all of our hearts and lives to help us step into another dimension of the call of God. We've been saying it, these are the roaring 20s. How many of you are ready for the lion of the tribe of Judah to awaken the roar of God in the body of Christ? Praise God. I just believe these are the roaring 20s. Not like the 1920s, but like the 2020s, where the church woke up to power and anointing like God designed us to possess and walk in. Amos chapter 3 has been our emphasis in this season of time. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared, who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? Or who can help themselves but prophesy when they've heard the roar of God? And that Isaiah 31, we keep referencing, talking about uh, that the lion's growl and how that Hebrew word translates also meditate. And when we meditate on what God reveals, the roar of the lion of tribe of Judah is literally awakened within us, even in the face of problems. Can you all say that with me? Everybody online say it as well. Even in the face of problems. Let's do it one more time. Even in the face of problems. And I want to say especially in the face of problems, especially in those times. That's what I want to talk about today is the power of problems. <laughs> I, I said it a few months back before all of this happened. I just got up as I was introducing the prayer teams coming, and we're working right now to understand how we can provide uh, prayer through this. Today we just pulled all the chairs, tables, communion, everything out, uh, just so you can kind of have a touch-free approach to walking in. The doors are open, have a seat, and then you can walk out. The only thing you have to touch is a chair. Uh, we're working to try and sort through how we're going to do that. We have a couple of creative ideas. Um, but when I got up to introduce the prayer team, uh, which we do every week as, as a part of what we feel like God's asked us to do, uh, I, I shared that morning, how many of you believe in the power of prayer? And, and people raised their hand. And then I said, how many believe in the power of problems? And it was really interesting because I, I've never really said that before, and it just registered with me that morning. There's, there is the power of problem. And there's the power of prayer. And the power of prayer is a greater power than the power of problems. How many know that's true? But how many know you can give your problems more power in your life than you do understand the call to pray? In other words, God's not called us to rehearse our mountain to our God. He's called us to rehearse our God to our mountain. And so today I want to talk about a different perspective of the power of problems because we tend to view problems in our lives as weapons in the hand of the enemy. And I believe that problems are actually not to be weapons in the hand of the enemy. I believe problems are to be weapons in the hand of our God. And if you don't understand this, you'll keep getting discouraged because you'll see problems that you have as weapons in the hand of the enemy when actually problems that you have are weapons in the hand of God. I'm going to prove it to you today and show you this through Scripture, but I want you to, to start to get the idea. Please understand this. The devil could never curse. He's not powerful enough to curse what God has chosen to bless. 
There's nothing the devil could do that would cause the hand of God to remove from you. That's just not, uh, he has, does not have that type of jurisdiction or authority. Every effort of the enemy that may abound against us in our lives is met with grace, strength, and even much more abounding from God or abounding from heaven to really uh, take shape in who we are. The scripture says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, this is the context talking about the spirit of the Antichrist, and, and like you talk about problems, there's going to be some problems one day. Uh, you do understand that when we're watching all this stuff unfold, there are a lot of people that are saying, these are the end times, and, and uh, we've done a lot of focus on the end times in times past, uh, and looking at kind of what Scripture says and what the, the prophecies reveal, and it's really unique, it's really interesting. And this particular text of Scripture is saying the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work in the world. Even in that day, the spirit of the Antichrist was at work. So this is like a big problem when you start thinking about this. But listen to, listen to what the writer says about this. You are sons and daughters of God. I want to say to you, you are sons and daughters of God. You're sons and daughters of God, and you have overcome these issues. You've overcome them. You've overcome the strength of the enemy. You've overcome the problems that are trying to break in on your life. You've overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's a great verse of Scripture, and we always just pluck it right out of that context without even realizing the depth of what it's addressing because it's addressing something really deep for the church to understand. Problems are weapons in the hand of God. David was nothing but an unknown shepherd boy until he met a Goliath-sized problem, and all of a sudden, in one day, he went from obscurity to becoming a national hero, and that didn't happen because he found favor with the king who promoted him and said, here's David, my servant. That's not what happened. God could have, how many of you know God could have used King Saul to raise up David in a place of being known? God could have done that, but right there in front of everybody in Scripture, God chose to use David. David's enemy, so that we would understand the principle that problems are actually uh, weapons in the hand of God Almighty. And in that one moment of time, because David was willing to embrace faith, he didn't back up from Goliath, but he charged. I, I can imagine, when you read this, you, you, you can see it so clearly, but I can imagine it shocked Goliath that when David came and, and Goliath is taunting him, the Bible actually says that, Goliath ch uh, that David charged Goliath. He wasn't afraid of Goliath. He didn't allow the, the problem, the Goliath-sized problem, to keep him on his heels and in a posture of fear. I'm just speaking and addressing fear right now in people's lives. They've allowed the pandemic problem to be Goliath and hold them petrified in a state of fear. And I just break fear in Jesus' mighty name. Does anybody hear what I'm saying in the spirit, in the realm of the spirit, in Jesus' name? God desires for us to recognize that these problems that come our way become tools in the hand of God to shape us more into who he's designed us to be from the very beginning. Stop letting Goliath discourage you. He's not there to defeat you. He's there to promote you. It's such an important truth for us to understand. Problems actually have the power to turn our attention to God. And this is happening in our society in amazing ways. Um, this was a little of what I approached uh, Thursday, or yeah, Thursday in the National Day of Prayer. And I just want to reiterate 
as I was looking and reading this article, I was kind of blown away, and we're recognizing that God's doing something unique in the spiritual atmosphere of our land when we see Bible app downloads reached 2 million in the month of March globally, the highest amount ever recorded for the month. You understand what I'm saying? Like worldwide, people are turning to God for answers. Well, how do I get my hands on the Bible? And they begin downloading worldwide, the highest download month ever when all this began happening. In the next month, in April, various Christian bookstores were reporting Bible sales, physical Bible sales increased dramatically. And now here we are in the month of May, and Google is reporting skyrocketing searches of prayer and Christianity. People are searching for answers. People are looking for hope. People are looking for help. Problems have the power to turn nations toward God. Problems have the power to turn nations toward God. And I, you know, sometimes I, I just say, Lord, remove the problem, remove the problem, remove the problem. And like God's in the midst of whatever the problem may be, saying, I'm doing something in the process before I remove the problem. I need to do something deep in you so that you're prepared for where I've called you to go beyond the moment of problem that you're understanding and having right now. I, I found this interesting in Psalms chapter 107. You know, we see this. Um, how many of you have ever had this, this happen in your life? Like, you and God are good. And then, like, you get distracted, and then you and God have to reconcile. And the problem, the situation, the issue, the disconnection, all of a sudden you're just, like, broken, whatever it may be, and you realize, oh, my goodness, I, I need God. And you need to turn back to God. Anybody ever done that before? You ever experienced that before? And, and you turn back to God, and now, now we're good until you grow distracted again or, you know, whatever it is going on in your life. And you, I mean, it's just like this hill and valley. I mean, it's just so crazy that, that this is so common among all of us as Christians. And, like, we act like it's not common, but it's so common. There's so much going on spiritually right now. I have found myself on the craziest roller coaster of emotions just trying to sort through and navigate uh, what is taking place. This past week I've had interactions with pastors and leaders and there are two pastors, pastors of thriving churches. One attempted suicide and the other uh, was on his way in attempting suicide, just lost it had a gun in his hand in front of his wife and children. I mean, you understand, there is a lot going on in the spiritual atmosphere in the land right now. How many of you glad God's doing good things? But the enemy's trying to disrupt that. And we're declaring in Jesus' name, the enemy will not disrupt what God is designing to do. And we're going to press in and go deeper into all the things that God desires in the midst of all that's taking place. But don't be surprised when you feel like this. Anybody feel like this lately? Can I just get a nod or a witness or a hanky or something? A tweet? Give me a tweet, somebody. I mean, I just, I, 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 it's just been crazy. This, uh, and and this, it's just not that uncommon. And in Psalms 107, this one chapter of Scripture, it shows us this four times in this one chapter. So here's Israel, and they're good with God. And then all of a sudden, they, they fall off the planet, spiritually speaking. They lose their mind, and in the midst of their problem, then it says, verse 6, Psalms 107, 6, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Aren't you glad when you cry out to God in your time of trouble, he delivers you from your distress. He's there to answer whatever that may be. 
And, and then he, he delivered them, restored them. Now they're back. They're good with God. And guess what happened? They deviated away. Now we're going to go to verse 13. Okay, that was verse 6. It's almost identical. Verse 13. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. And now they're good with God. Thank God they're good with God. I'm so thankful that whenever I get in that place and turn to him, he's so quick to restore, replenish. The nearness of God exists within our lives. And then they turned away again. Look now, verse 19. Interesting progression of this chapter. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. And after they cried out to the Lord and they were restored to God, then they deviated again into problematic territory. Verse 28, it is this continual progression of this one single chapter four different times. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. How many of you read that chapter and you just think, what is wrong with these people? Anybody? Like, it's so easy when it's somebody else. Like, how can that guy date her? Anybody heard that before? How can she date him? What are you talking You know, it's so easy when you're looking at somebody else to identify that they're not using good judgment. They're having clouded judgment. They've grown distracted. You know, it's easy to look at somebody else and evaluate them. That's why we need each other looking in on our lives as we're walking this thing out in community. We can see it with greater clarity together. See, this is what I've learned. You will learn the principles of God's kingdom in your life. You will learn the principles of God's kingdom in your life. You will learn them by instruction or you will learn them by correction, but you will learn the principles of God's kingdom in your life. How many of you have learned some things by instruction? You read it, you heard it, you embraced it, and you're thankful for the things you learned by instruction. Can I just see? You learned by instruction. How many of you had to learn by correction because you were too hard-headed to pay attention and listen? Hands go up faster on that one. Why is that? Because it's the nature of fallen humanity, and we can choose to live by the Spirit, but the flesh is there trying to cause us to constantly live a life that's beneath the call of God, the mandate of God that exists, that he's placed upon every one of us. Uh, my mom, happy Mother's Day, mom, she's online right now, and, um, and uh, when I was little, I was really young, I was sitting at the dinner table, she calls, she says, time to eat, and we all came to the table, and there I'm sitting, and, and, and she opens up the oven, and she had a casserole in the oven. So she's got the pot holders, you know, 350 degrees, whatever. She's got the pot holders. She grabs the casserole dish, and she walks over, and she puts the dish down in the middle of the table. And what does she say? Don't touch the dish. It's hot. Now, I was a little kid, and I was hungry. I was immature, and I was hungry. I was immature, and I had an appetite that was taking control. Are you hearing me? And I'm sitting there, and as soon as she puts it down and says, don't touch the dish that's hot, then I'm hungry, and I want some, and I realize it'll make a mess if I scoop it you know, over. And so I try to push my plate toward it, but I, I, I decide to go a different route, and I'm going to pull it toward my plate. And as soon as I grabbed the sides of this dish that had just come out of a 350-degree oven, I said, ow, it's hot. <laughs> And my mom, she turned around and she's just like, what part of don't touch the dish is hot didn't you understand? If I had paid attention to what she was saying, then I would have understood. But because I neglected what she was saying and my appetite took control, 
I had to learn the hard way. We learn by instruction or we learn by correction. God's intention is for us to learn to walk in his presence with such awareness of the presence of God and the instruction of the Lord that we don't, and listen to it very carefully, that we don't have to face a constant cycle of pain or a constant cycle of problems in order to faithfully pursue Him. Can anybody relate? Your prayer life tends to be a cycle of pain or a cycle of problem related. Like it just, I cry out to God quickly when I'm suffering, facing difficulty. God's desiring for us to possess more than that. Seeking God when times are bad shows how much we need Him. Seeking, time, seeking God when times are good shows how much we want Him. And I just feel the Lord wants to deepen our desire for the things of God. I believe God wants to address some immature appetites right now in this moment that are driving us to not pay attention to instruction. Spiritually speaking, we're grabbing that which is hot. It's hurting us. And simply because we're driven by an appetite more than we're paying attention to the counsel of the Lord. I feel that we've, we've stepped into something right here that we need to dwell in for a moment. So Father, I pray um, that you would help us to sense what it is you're desiring to reveal. I thank you Lord, that you are here to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us. I will instruct you and teach you and counsel you in the way you should go. Psalms 32, 8 and 9. I thank you that you bring instruction up front. And then you teach us along the way, pointing things out, teaching. And then you counsel us when we hit barriers and opposition and unexpected things. You you instruct us, you teach us, and you counsel us. I just sense the Holy Spirit right now is wanting to take us into a, a, a greater bit of instruction. Help us, Lord, to have a, a keen awareness to the voice of God in the midst of our frustration, in the midst of our problems, in the midst of whatever may be going on around us us to cultivate a lifestyle, Lord, not where we just seek you when we have problems pointing to the fact that we understand we need you, but we seek you as a lifestyle, revealing just how much we want you. We long for your presence in the name of Jesus. I just hear the Holy Spirit saying, will you surrender your appetites to me? And if there are, I mean, I just want to be as pointed as I sense the Lord is saying but if there are carnal appetites fleshly appetites that have outrun the instruction of the Lord then just in your homes in this room just lift your hands let's just surrender those appetites to the Lord today or help us to grow in the deeper appetite the, the, the greater appetite for the things of God I thank you for the regenerated heart that you give us when we come to know Jesus. And the passions and the desires that exist within us are deepened 
and then marked with eternal purpose. Help us to explore those passions. Help us to explore those desires. Help us to go deeper than just surface desires that would distract us, but in the deeper place of a true hunger for God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just repent for iniquity. We, have, we repent for sin. We repent for not only distraction, but also the distraction that can ultimately lead us to a place of destruction. Lord, I pray that we would embrace the power problems right now, understanding just how much we need to fix our focus on you. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Jesus, I thank you that you're the Savior of the world, that you draw us deeper into the eternal purposes of God. You help us learn what it is to really walk with God in an intimate, personal way. In Jesus' name, I thank you that you died on the cross. Will you just amen statements you're in agreement with? I thank you you died on the cross. I thank you, Lord, you didn't stay in the grave. I thank you that you're risen from the dead. You're the Savior of the world. You came to rescue each of us, and you came to rescue all of us. And we need you. We need you. Come on, that's your prayer. Just say it out loud. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to connect any way we can just in the journey of walking this out. Salvation is not a magic formula. It really is just a conversation with God. It begins with that type of expression that, that we just walked through. And it's where we initiate conversation and say, Jesus, we acknowledge who you are. and We want to walk with God. Jesus is the Word, Word made flesh. It's like God sent His Word saying, I want to have a word with you. I want to initiate a conversation between me and humanity, just like it was between me and Adam. And through Jesus, that's replenished and restored. So if that's your prayer today, if that's a decision that you've made today, then I would encourage you to text DESTINY to 474747. Fill out that online digital connect card and let us follow up just to give you a call this week, maybe have a Zoom conference call, um, introduce you to some of our community group leaders that are meeting by way of Zoom. Some are starting to resume now in uh, homes. And I want to encourage you our action point. Every week we want to conclude just with this action point. And uh, we've converted just a little. You can tell we started with just a song. And then we're going to really press into more worship uh, in the latter part of our, of our uh, time together. It's just a little bit of a different rhythm that we've picked up in this time of doing what we've done digitally, online only. And we want to just keep that rhythm, at least for this next season, where we're just pressing in and going deeper. I want to ask in just a few moments as we start to press in worship, I want to encourage you, don't, don't just sign that off. Don't just start having conversations with each other. Um, it's really a time for us to take what God's doing in this moment and allow Him to seal that deep in our hearts. Some of you during worship, you might want to get down on your knees just before the Lord. Some of you in your homes might want to just get down on your knees. Just as a posture of saying, that I've just been recently in my prayer times in the morning, many mornings, there's this progression of prayer that I'll focus on. And, and many times I'll just get on my knees just to posture myself physically the way I want to be before the Lord spiritually. But all week, your action point this week is I want to ask you, practice rehearsing your God to your mountain instead of rehearsing your mountain to your God. 
practice rehearsing your, your God to your mountain. He's bigger than whatever that problem may be, whatever that circumstance may be. So those of you in the room, let's stand together. Maybe in your homes, uh, this would be a great time just to turn up the volume a little bit, invite your family a little closer, whatever that looks like. Spirit, I thank you that the way you address some of the deeper appetites that exist within us, you begin to arrest our attention, you begin to possess our affection. And we turn our attention toward you. We turn our, to our attention toward God. Lord, we invite you to do whatever you desire to do within each and every one of us in these moments that we have of worship. We know absence makes the heart grow fonder and over the course of these past few months we're longing, longing for spaces of worship where we gather together as a family. And I thank you, Lord, in that journey and that progression uh, that's coming again where we'll all be together. Lord, I thank you that there's something powerful just about our coming into a unified expression of worshiping you in various places, other nations of the world even, right now online. As we bring an expression, Lord, of what you're doing in this room, I thank you, Lord, you're doing something deep and powerful in every one of our hearts. In the name of Jesus. I know this is when I just step out of the way and we worship, but I just feel the Lord just doing something unique in this moment that I want to pay attention to. This is the way it works in your quiet time, too. You don't just read your Bible and pray and just move on. You, you listen, you pause, you try and sense. Sometimes you're reading. If you had it happened before, you're reading, and all of a sudden something just stands out. When that happens, don't just say, oh, that's good, and move on. Stop. Stop. Pay attention to what God's revealing in that moment. Right now, that's just what I sense. Just stop. Pay attention to what God's revealing. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I believe you're reforming, reshaping, reorganizing so many of our thoughts and so many levels of our lives just to help us to live a more championed perspective, but to help us come into greater alignment with what you see when you look at us. You help us to come into greater alignment with what we see when we look at each other. We would learn to see you, see, see each other the way you see others. believe the atmosphere is changing. The atmosphere is changing. So come on, let's declare that in a unified expression of worship. 